0: Good morning. How's everybody in the house? Good. You glad you came today? All together say amen. amen. All right. We say amen around here. North Star's a place around here is a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect. Look at the person next to you. You'll see what I'm talking about. And... That was like pitiful for a Thanksgiving weekend. All right, North Star's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody is perfect, and anything is possible. And I believe that I believe that anything is possible with God, and, and I believe that God is wanting to do some things in our lives to, to bring us to the point, um, to mature us, to grow us. We exist so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. It's all about us connecting people to a growing relationship with Christ and each other. And so that's a win for us. We, we talk about it. How do, we, how do we win as a church? That's one way. And that is connecting people to Christ and to each other. And th- that is a growing relationship with Christ. Well, we welcome our first time guest and we welcome those that are joining us online. And we just went live moments ago at our Tupelo campus. Make the noise for those guys over there and gals. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. We're so looking forward to Christmas weekend um, at, at North Star. It's going to be Jan- uh, January, December uh, 17 and 18. December 17th and 18th, and so do whatever you've got to do. Pull out all the stops and let's get people here at both of our campuses that, that weekend, both Saturday evening and Sunday morning, and we're pumped about that. We really are, because we know that God is going to do some incredible things this, this year at Christmas weekend. Well, we're in a series. This is like our fourth week. It's called Ghost Stories. It's a study about the Holy Spirit. We talked about, last week we talked about stay in the struggle. Persevere. Don't give up, don't give in, don't give out. And we talked about the flesh. That's the flesh, meaning who we are, our, our sin nature, our, our old man, the flesh. And uh, the flesh is tempted. The flesh is, is constantly pulled from one place to to another doing things that it should not do. And so today uh, I just want to remind you that when I'm talking about the flesh, we have to have the power of the Holy Spirit if we're going to do battle against the flesh. People say, oh, you know, I just I just couldn't help myself or I slipped back. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit, this study it's been a good study because The Holy Spirit is one of the Trinity, uh, Godhead in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is like a catch-up session for some of you that may have missed it. God the Father wills it, the Son declares it. The Holy Spirit makes it happen. Again, the Father wills it. Jesus said, "I I have come to do the will of my Father which is in heaven. And then Jesus declares it. He is the word and when he was here on this earth he he was uh, working miracles and speaking truth and then he left the earth. He was crucified. He rose from the dead. He ascended appeared to over 500 times to his disciples and followers and now he sits at the right hand of the father. The father wills it. The Son declares that the Holy Spirit makes it happen. It's like reading the Bible, okay? And like the light comes on. Or maybe you're driving down the road and something that you hear on the radio or a scripture that you read, bam, it like hits you between the eyes. That's the Holy Spirit turning the light on for you. And today, while we've been talking about the uh, ministry of the Holy Spirit I'll, to, to believers, He he speaks to us, He guides us, He convicts us, He directs us, He uh, refreshes us, He reveals things to us, all of those things were primarily to the believer. Today, I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit ministers in the lost world. Now, if you're listening today and you're without Christ, that's who I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that have never uh, given their life to Jesus Christ. And it's not uncommon that somebody's at our church services that that says yes to jesus christ for the very first time and the the ministry of (coughs) the holy spirit uh, is to to prove to to convict because you know why it is not god's desire that anybody perish now we're going to talk about some things today that many churches don't talk about these things anymore because it's a controversial or there are a lot of unknowns and uh, North Star is not a place that shies away from talking about what's in the Bible. And let me just start by saying there is a literal hell and it is prepared for the devil and those who reject God. Now, a lot of people don't talk about hell anymore, but I'm telling you, it's in the book and we've got to talk about the reality. And, and God tells us in his word in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It is God's desire, it is God's will, his divine will, that all the world be saved. But not all the world's going to be saved, because not everybody is going to follow Jesus Christ. In fact, Statistics tell us that some of you listening today may not follow Jesus Christ. You may have a head knowledge, you may have uh, the information, but you've never made the decision to follow Jesus Christ. And I can't tell you how important it is to become a follower of Jesus Christ. The uh, text for today is John chapter 16. John chapter 16. I'm going to first read 7 and 8. John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8. This is Jesus talking and he's saying, I'm going to send an advocate. John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus said, but very truly I tell you, It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. And I'm going to come back to that in just a moment when we read the next verse. He will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. A lot of times people have taught this about the Holy Spirit. And, and we, we've gotten the idea somehow that the Holy Spirit is like beating us up or, or confronting us or guilting us. But here's, here's what I know. Write this in your notes. The Holy Spirit is guiding us, not guilting us. The Holy Spirit loves. The Holy Spirit is, is uh, guiding the world to Jesus Christ, not guilting the world to Jesus Christ. Now, if, if we're convicted of our sins, we feel guilty. And I totally get that because I'm convicted of my sins and I feel guilty and I need the forgiveness of God. But the Holy Spirit is, he's not out to make me feel bad. He's not out to make, uh, uh, to bully me. He is guiding us. When I, earlier in my life, I was drawn to God. And it was the Holy Spirit drawing me. It was the Holy Spirit that was uh, directing me so that I could have a relationship with Christ, so that I could be forgiven of my sin, and so I could spend an eternity in heaven. And I'm so thankful Aren't you thankful that God, 2 Peter 3, 8, that God, or 2 Peter 3, 9, that God is long-suffering? I'm telling you, some of you have been holding out on God. You better thank God today. That may be the only prayer you pray, but you better thank God that he hasn't given up on you. He draws us. Verse 9. Verse 9. About sin. Now, he, he just said that the Holy Spirit proves or, or reveals, convicts uh, about our sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. And then he starts back and Jesus says, all right, uh, about sin. Because people do not believe in me. That's why the Holy Spirit is going to convict about sin. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no more, no longer. And then about judgment, because the prince of this world na- now stands condemned. So first of all, today, I want to tell you the ministry of the Holy Spirit, write this in your notes, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convict of one's sins. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convict of one's sins. That's the first one. There are three ways. Just follow these, follow these three. Um, The Holy Spirit convicts us that of that of our need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is convicting us that we need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the world, whether it's across the street or across the world. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's convicting people that they need a relationship with Christ. He's convicting one of one's sins, that we need somebody to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So the Holy Spirit, three parts to this this first one, the Holy Spirit is convicting people that they need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So you really, around the world, yes, and down the street. You have neighbors, coworkers, family members. There are people in the unreached people's groups in the world who need the Holy Spirit to tell them, to convict them, to bring to light, convict is to bring to, to light. It is to reveal. Number two, the Holy Spirit to the lost world, the Holy Spirit is helping them to understand that they can have the righteousness of God. Now, we are not righteous. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. There may be somebody listening to me that thinks that you're pretty good, but the reality is there is none good, there's none righteous. Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags, and we need the righteousness of God. So the Holy Spirit, in the lost world, is helping people to understand that they can have that righteousness. The Bible says, look look at me and listen to me, the Bible says that we can be clothed in his righteousness, the righteousness of of Christ. We have filthy rags, but Christ died and paid the price on the cross so that we could be forgiven and that we could take on the righteousness of God. So the Holy Spirit, number one, is convicting people that they need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two, they're helping people. The Holy Spirit is helping people to understand that they can have the righteousness of God. Jesus said in John 16, he said, uh, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Oh, by the way, let let me just back up. Uh, He's convicting people that they need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How do you do that? By faith. That tells us about faith. He's helping us to understand that we can have the righteousness of God. That's hope. And then the third one. He is convincing us or, or the lost. He is convincing the lost that God loves them and that Jesus has something better for them. That life can be better with Christ. You say, well, uh, uh, look, man, Pastor, the, the guy I work with, he is so ungodly, he's so worldly, he may not be, like, doing bad things all the time, but he's, he's, he's not religious, he's not a Christian, and uh, whew, it's going to take, take some convincing to get this guy to come around. Yep, you're right. And he is called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who is convincing people. John MacArthur said the Holy Spirit um, convinces so he doesn't have to convict. He had rather draw you with his goodness. The Bible says in in Romans 2, 4, that it is through the goodness of God that we're drawn into repentance. But listen, many people quote Romans 2, 4, and just like run over it. It also talks about in that same passage, the judgment of God. So I just don't believe that God can be a just God. Uh, Listen, you want mercy or do you want justice? You deserve to die. We all deserve hell. But because God is a loving God, merciful God, grace-filled God, Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven and we can live a life of heaven on earth before we go to heaven. Hell is not just the place of torture. Listen, hell is hell because it's a place of separation. It is a place of torture. It's a real place. But the worst thing about um, eternity without God is the separation forever and so because god is a just god there is a hell so you say, well, that's hard to uh, that's hard to soak in it is it really is but he loves us for god so loved the world he loves us so much that he provided a way out so that we could be forgiven so that we could go to heaven It's not uncommon in a service like this that somebody, the light comes on. The Holy Spirit turns the light on. And so to the lost, he is um, convicting that they need a relationship with Christ, faith. He is helping them to understand that they can have the righteousness of God. That's hope. Because you will never have righteousness on your own. I'm not good enough. Salvation is not spelled Do, do this, do that. Live a good life. Pray 50 prayers hoping that he'll finally come in. It's not about that. The Christian life is not based on what you and I have done. The Holy Spirit and what Christ has done on the cross. There's a passage, uh, it's in Matthew, if you want to be turning there. It's pretty heavy. Just want to warn you. Let me unpack this just for, or let me set it up because I haven't read it to unpack it. But are y'all getting this stuff? All right, sometimes I have to ask. Mm. Matthew uh, chapter 12 verse 31. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Now, this is going to throw some of you, because you've you've heard people say, preachers say, and you've read that uh, God is such a loving God, and he'll forgive every sin. I'm I'm reading to you out of the Bible. I'm reading to you out of the Bible. It says, But blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the next. The Pharisees, just the prior verses to this, the Pharisees had accused Jesus, or they actually verbally equated God and demons as being the same. That's blasphemy. And uh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit had not yet come because Jesus was still on the earth. And Jesus said, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Say, said, Pastor, uh, what about rape? Can that be forgiven? Yes. The only sin that cannot be forgiven is this one. Well, tell us which one it is. It is saying blasphemy. What about murder? Murder can be forgiven. Adultery, it can be forgiven. There's one sin that cannot be forgiven. And and Jesus said it's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. This is saying no to God. God, by his spirit, is drawing you as a lost person. He's drawing the lost world. And the world says, no. Jim, down the road. God is speaking to his heart. He's, maybe he's speaking to him through you. The Holy Spirit uses all kinds of things to, to, to speak to us. But over and over and over, Jim says no. That is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Well, can Jim ever be saved? Yes. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on us? My goodness, aren't you glad that I'm not God? We would be in a mess. In a lot of different ways. But God is long-suffering. And he does not, Second like Peter 3, 9, he, he doesn't want any to perish. So he, he's constantly, Jim says no. He's constantly convicting. He's constantly um, convincing. He's constantly helping. Now, this is another whole sermon. But Jim, Jim can say no so much. That his heart can get hardened, and he doesn't want anything to do with God. I don't know when that time comes. It's a place I know not where, a time I do not know. But I do believe that Jim can say no and no and no till Jim doesn't want God. But as long as God is drawing. Him. Listen, if you're listening today and you said no a thousand times... If, God, if you sense God speaking to your heart, it's not too late. He's waiting on you. you. Say, Pastor, what about people on the other side of the world that have never heard the gospel? That's a good question. And that is a difficult question. You'll probably seldom, if ever, hear that, this passage read in church. You see, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, is to lift Jesus up. Not to draw attention to himself, but to lift Jesus up. That's why in Matthew, uh, the Pharisees were in a lot of trouble. And Jesus said, you can't say no forever. You can't keep on. There's going to be a day of reckoning that you're going to have to stand before God. And you'll never be able to say, God, it wasn't fair. Let me read this passage in Romans chapter 1. Verse 19 says, Since what may be known about God... Now, let me set this up too. He is saying, I'm going to summarize it and then I'm going to read it. He is saying that... uh, Though you may not go to church, may not be in a Bible Belt, may be on the other side of the world or down the street, that everybody, it's in the heart of man, everybody knows that there's a God. Say, well, I know atheists. Uh, According to the Bible, I'd have to argue with you. The Bible says, since what may be known about God is plain. That's knowledge of God to, to them. Because God had made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible qualities, divine nature, have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that the people are without excuse. I didn't write this. God said it. I said, Pastor, please explain that. Having, God says, because God is God and, and His invisible quality, His power, everybody, everybody, everybody can have the knowledge that there is a God, even Jim. (laughs) Robert Jeffries, First Baptist Dallas, said it this way. He said, the knowledge of God, and I don't have this on the screen, but you might want to write it down. I give him the credit. The knowledge of God is not enough to save you. It's not sufficient enough to save you. Because, you, okay, so I, I believe that there's a higher power. The knowledge of God is not enough, or it is not sufficient enough to save you, but it is sufficient enough, if rejected, to condemn you. Once again. Okay, you can't help but walk outside and say, whoo, it's hard to believe anybody doesn't believe that there's a God. You've said that before. And if that's true for you, that's true for everybody in the world, according to the Bible. But just knowing that there is a God, the knowledge of God is not sufficient to save you, but it is sufficient, if rejected, to condemn you. Now, I want to explain that. There's four things I know. One... All people are guilty. The Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All people are guilty. All people are guilty. There's no unrighteous, no, not one. Two. There is only one way to be saved, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's only one way to be saved, and that's through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Number three. All people have the knowledge of God. Remember what I said about that? It's not sufficient enough to save you, but it's sufficient if rejected to condemn you. That's number four. If you want, as you you have knowledge of God, if you want, um, if you want more he'll bring it to you you have the knowledge of god but if you want more god will reveal it um i was a few years ago traveling and um i hiked the himalayas three times (laughs) and that will give you cause to have a hip replacement but anyway that's another whole story um, we're looking for these people, literally. I can't call them by name because we're broadcasting. And it might endanger some people, but it was in the Himalayas. These people started living at 14,500 feet. That's where they started living. You walk up the side of the mountain, you don't walk, you climb. And you see some people around 12,000 It's not them. Our job was to find them. Now, one time, uh, I'm sitting in their living room, which is about a 10 by 10 room, dirt floor, fire in the middle of the floor. The animals are inside. That's how they live. And so I'm sitting there, and uh, they bring me a, a glass of rice, wine, and a cigarette. They warned me about this, you know, this is how they show their generosity. I said, uh, what am I supposed to do with it? I don't smoke and I don't drink. I said, uh, just hold it, don't pour it out. And put the cigarette behind your ear. <laughs> Golly. Anyway, pig walks by, squeals. I didn't think much about it because I had read all about these people. This is how they live. And then the pig squealed, squealed. They killed it, drained its blood chopped it up, took the gallbladder out, hung it on the wall. Because that's part of their religion. They worship animals, they worship ancestors, and they worship things of uh, darkness. We'd be, we'd be on a trail, and we'd see this big black thing with feathers up in the tree, and it was like, whoa, this is, this is creepy. But guess what? Even to them... Even to them, they have a knowledge of God. They, they can't walk outside of their mud hut and not know it. God put that knowledge within them. They have the knowledge of God. What have they done with it? I know this. If they want to know the knowledge of God, God will reveal more to them. What's that mean? If they walk out and say, you know, there's a higher power. I know uh, Aunt Fred, uh, Uncle Fred, I know he worships his great-grandfather or worships a cow. But man, there's got to be something else. It's not bringing anything to us. And so he has the desire to know more. And I believe that God will reveal it. Okay, so fast forward. We're, We're there. And our job totally was to, we had GPSs, which were illegal in this place, this country. And we had cameras. We we're, were taking pictures of the trail. We almost dived thirst, literally. I don't know how much longer we could have made it. And we drank brown tree trunk water. Until finally, we came around this trail and we spotted them. Now, our job was to find them. Who? I'm getting cold chill bumps. You know why? Adrian Rogers said, based on this passage, and 2 Peter 3, 9, that it's not his will that any perish, that if they have the knowledge of God and want to know God, God will reveal it. Adrian Rogers said, God will shipwreck a missionary to get him to the island that he needs to go to take the gospel. These people had no gospel witness. Guess what? We rounded the, um, the, the fork in the trail and it was like incredible. We spotted, uh, remember we were 14,000, 15,000 feet. We spotted seven villages of these people. Did you go tell them? No, because that was miles away and we were almost dead and that wasn't our job. But guess what? Two weeks later, or the, the next week, David Platt, which created the, uh, the movement or the, the teaching secret church, comes into this place, takes the gospel to them, If you have the knowledge of God and you want to know God, God will reveal himself and he will send a missionary. And I'm telling you, that's why it is so critical that we go to the unreached peoples. That's why it's so critical to go on mission trips. That's why it's so critical. Because it may be you that God is sending to somebody who has a knowledge of God but does not know him. And having a knowledge of God is not sufficient enough to save you. But it is, it is sufficient enough to, if rejected, to condemn you. I can't tell you that this whole tribe of ever how many thousands came to Jesus. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this. God shipwrecked a missionary to get the message there, so to speak. That's why I, That's why I go. That's why I go overseas. Because when we go to a remote village, whew, what if I'm the one that God has sent to tell them? How will they know if they don't have a preacher? And how will... He go if he's not sent. How will they hear? And so, this applies not only to those people in the Himalayas and unreached peoples groups around the world, but also for Jim down the street. and And it may be that you are the the light that God is sending into Jim's life to hear the gospel because he knows about it, knows about God, but he doesn't know God. That's why you need to be sensitive to where God is sending you and sensitive to sharing your faith in Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit is at work. Be led by the Spirit. So what about those people, and they say no. If they want to know more, God will reveal himself. But if they say no, the Bible says they are without excuse, just like you and I are. We'll never be able to stand before God and say, God, you weren't fair because he gave us his son, Jesus. Let's pray together. Today, if you realize for the very first time that you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity. And look, this is not repeating a prayer. You can repeat it 50 times and, and, and it's still not making any difference. This is putting your trust, your faith in Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, from your heart, just say this, God, today, I need you in my life. I know that I have sinned, and I realize that, and I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and that he rose from the grave. And I repent of my sins, I turn, and I turn to Jesus right now. Come into my life. Maybe your prayer today is God, burden me for the loss in the world. Fill me with your spirit. I'm going to ask that everyone please stand at both campuses. And I just want to pray for you and pray over you. Father, let these next few minutes not, not just be a time where we're thinking about leaving and getting to where we need to go and what we've got to do this weekend. And let it be a time to seal the deal, to... Confirm in our hearts what you're trying to teach us. So, God, I pray that you'll, in these closing moments of worship, just help us to stay attuned, stay focused. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name.